So we're holding time mitzvah, mitzvah dated. Now, the mitzvah is a mitzvah we all know. It's a lot of different pratim which make up this mitzvah, which we'll talk about as Hashem. But what's fascinating is the Rambam is, has a very unique description of, of what it means to make the mitzvah. So the mitzvah we're talking about, mitzvah Arab in, in time of mitzvah, is the mitzvah of Yerushimayim. The pasuk is Hashem Elokechotiro, which was the business of Yerushimayim for Hashem. Okay, what does that mean? What does it mean? So the, 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 on the very, very simplest level, the Rambam himself writes that Yerushimayim means that a person is afraid of doing the wrong thing because he doesn't want to get punished. What he says himself is the dagger for, for uh, the, lo, the, the lowest echelon of society. Is, is a certain deterrent that I don't want to do the wrong thing because I know it's going to come with an Oynish. So that's the case. Yerushimayim Betzim means Yerushimayim. Okay. And if that's the case, it comes to exclude the person who doesn't care, who doesn't feel that there's any enough community to what he does. He doesn't have to, there'll be no consequences if he does the right or the wrong thing. That's a person who's living without you. A person who realizes that there's consequences to his actions, and as a result of that, that's going to prevent him from doing the wrong thing. So that's at least the minimal level of Yerushalayim. Okay. On that level, the Ramam writes, his mitzvah is to be maimin in the yira, which I don't know what that means. Lahaimin yirosa, to be maimin in yira. Below in yaka koifrim a halkim bekeri. You shouldn't be like the koifrim, the people down in the emuna, who going to carry everything by chance. I will nira be as onshu b'choles. So what's this idea of lahaimin yirosa, to be maimin in yira? So this is something that. Rabbi Shlomo Salanti Talmud, it's a Petersburg, right? The book of Kaifayor. And in Zakdami, he explains this idea. And he says that even that the ability to see Scharvah in the world, that a person gets punished for doing the wrong thing, and that a person gets rewarded for doing the right thing, ever since the time that there hasn't been Nebuah. So it's not blatantly obvious. When there was a Navi and the Navi said, you did this wrong, you're going to get punished. And the person got punished. Or the Navi says, you did this right, Hashem is sending you a bracha. And the person got a bracha. So Sechar Ba'inish was very, very clear. But part of not having the Buh is just like we can't hear Hashem speak, so we don't see as blatantly clearly how Hashem is doing things. And if that's the case, the, the awareness that Hashem punishes for what people do wrong is more in the gather of the Munah. Why? Because it could be Hashem punishes. But we don't see the direct connection between what the person did and the punishment. People get punished. People die in car accidents. People get sick. People lose their money. Whatever it's going to be. Okay, so we see punishments. But now do we connect the dots and say, well, this is for that and this is for that, whatever it's going to be? No, not necessarily. It's, it's not, once we don't have that access to Hashem through Nebo, so He doesn't show us exactly how the one fits the other one. And therefore, He says it's possible for a person not to, to be kofer in the concept of Sechar Vaynish. Then it says we don't see that the punishment fits the crap. We don't see that always people get punished. And therefore a person could live with, with, without this reality of the fact that Hashem punishes. And if that's the case, then that will affect the, the Yerushimah. Like the Pasuk says, the Pasuk itself says, we're talking about people who said that we see that Yerushimah was successful. Nothing happened to them. And therefore, 
the foundation of Yeris Hashem is on its, on its first level is the fact that a person realizes that there's consequences to what I do. But when people don't see the consequence, then it becomes a question of is there a moon that is consequence clear enough? Because if I don't have that, then they're going to knock down and says, be kofir. They're going to say, it's not true, we don't see that people get punished, we don't always see, the, we don't see that. Uh, they, the, if a person does not vary, they're going to suffer for it. And the matter takes away the deterrent for doing a varies. Now, there's something you have to realize here. And that is, there's, we, we're, not, we're not just talking on the extreme level. Of a person who's going to say on kala terakura, that, well, I can do what I like, I'm not mishubah to keep any of the mitzvahs, because I, don't, I see that uh, people who are completely religious are successful too. And I see that, not, that I don't necessarily see this harva in this, and therefore, I, uh, as a result, the person is going to give up the whole terror. This applies on a much smaller level also, which means even if a person understands that on the whole they're meant to be keeping the terror message, and they do, but the, the understanding is that on every single prat in halacha there's going to be harva in this also. So it's not just in the bigger picture. And of course, the person is keeping Shabbos, of course, he's going to daven, of course, they're religious. The idea of Scharva Enish is that it's, it's, it goes to the smallest detail. And therefore, uh, people have that tendency to think also, like, okay, a little thing I did right, I did wrong, it's not such a big deal. On the whole, I'm doing the right thing. But that's and to a smaller level, that same lack of Yerushimai. That same lack of Yerushimai. And that is that a person doesn't attach importance to every breath. Because if a person would, and he said, this is important, so then admit it, I would take it more seriously. When it comes to the terror, you're saying, you're, you're so saying, Hashem, Hashem doesn't know what he's doing, Hashem uh, comes to Allah, it's like, maybe this rabbi got it wrong. It's not Hashem got it wrong, let's say I know it's right. He says, it's not so important. Yes, Okay, fine, fine. It's, uh, you're right. But the, 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 on that, Rebani Yenna says, in Shari Trevor, that when he talks about the Shari, beginning of Shari Shish of Shari Trevor, Rebani Yenna says, he's talking about Mrs. Rabbanu. And he says that uh, in a certain way, Mrs. Rabbanu are more humble than the rest. And he brings the Chazal, that if a person is over, Mrs. Rabbanu is Chayv Mesim. How's it Chayv Mesim? So he says, because when, when it comes to the rest, uh, then a person, Be'etzim, knows it's wrong. And the etzim that he should be doing it, and if he did it wrong, it's because his etzim is too strong for him. When it comes to Mitzvah Rabban, then it's coming from a lack of Yerushimah. He says, I don't have to do this. It's not so important. Or who says I should be doing it with this takana, with this rule? And therefore, he says, if, it's, if a person doesn't keep it, and it's coming more from the side of being mezalzel, so you may as well be That's where some of the is So, you know, so therefore, the Nukuda first thing, we'll go to high levels next, but on the first simplest level, the Nukuda of Laham and Yerosa means. And they're again I'm quoting the Pekhbeor that says that uh, the Yerush, what, what makes uh, even a level of Yerush or initial level is that it's built on Emona. It's built on Emona that I understand that what I call everything that Akkadish Baruch says is also, he's going to check. And let's explain that a little bit. Let's explain the background first. You know, very often people ask that. How do we know that Akkadish Baruch knows what you think? How do you actually know what you feel? So I'll give you a very simple proof. And that is, in any country in the world which has a legislature, they want to make laws. So, in order to pass a law in a country, you need two things. The one is you have to think it's a bad thing to do. The other thing is you have to be able to police it. So, for example, if we think that we don't want people to be texting when they're driving, why? Because of accidents. 
Okay, so you're going to pass a law that you can't uh, text when you graduate. And if you do, what's going to happen? So then the next part always has to be the penalty. And if you're going to catch you texting when you're driving, so we're going to give you a fine. We're going to take away your license, whatever it's going to be. So the law has to be built of two points. What we want you to do, and the threat. And if you don't, what's the owner going to do? Now, let's think two steps over here. So let's say I would be in the legislature of whatever country it is. And I would say, you know what, I have another problem. People space out when they're driving. And also, they're them, they crash. They're not thinking what they're doing. So I want to make a law that is not to ban people spacing out when they're driving. And I'll bring in the statistics. I'll show you how many people crashed because they weren't paying attention. They weren't texting, they just weren't thinking. So is it a good law? Well, technically, they're able to solve a problem. What's the problem? What's the obvious question? It's unenforceable. How are you going to prove that? And therefore, there's no point making a law which you can't enforce. So every law has to be, I have to, if I'm making the law, as logical as it is, it has to be enforced. And if it's going to, so I have to have a way, how am I going to see if it's being done or not done? And then the next point is going to be, and if I catch somebody not doing it, then there has to be a penalty involved. And that makes it not worth it to, to, to break the law. All right. So if you understand that background, so now let's look at the Torah. Right, the Torah goes exactly the same rule. The Torah says, don't do this, and if you do it, you're going to get punished. Whether the punishment is Malchus, or the punishment is Mormon, or the punishment is Mesa, it doesn't make a difference. The Torah goes to that same, that same system too. The Torah is also a lot of things, and the Torah then threatens us. This is the punishment if you break it. So it's built in the same way that any legal system would be built. But now look, let's look at myths in the Torah, like such as, how is it enforceable? Don't hate another Jew in your heart. How is it enforceable? As a shaman of the Torah, what are talking about now? How is it enforceable? Hello, what? The, 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 the only answer has to be, Hakadosh Baruch Hu knows what a person's thinking, and therefore, a, 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 a country could never in, make laws like that. You couldn't enact the law because you can't. You don't know. You can't enforce it. But if Hakadosh Baruch Hu is making laws like that, that itself is a right. You can enforce it. Otherwise, it'd be a waste of time to say it. And therefore, all the mitzvahs which are telling what a person's thoughts or a person's mind, the understanding is, if Hashem is making such a law, that proves that he can enforce it. Otherwise, there'd be no point making it. That's what based Basically, can't punish by the master. For sure he can. Because he knows. Okay, so that's the, that's the, the second step. And that is that part of Yerusha Onesh also therefore is if the Torah says something, it's enforceable. Otherwise, there'll be no point saying it. Now, let's go to the next step of Yerusha Onesh. So again, we're going three steps. Number one, what the Mitzvah requires a person is to understand that there's Harva Onesh, even in case we don't see it straight away. Number two, that we understand that the Onesh has to apply to anything Hashem said. If He said don't do it, then it means if you do do it, you're doing something wrong. So there's Onesh for that. So it's even on things the person thinks or feels, which is much more because HaKadosh Baruch Hu is aware of that as well. And now let's go to the last point. This will be short to that. And that is, if we, let's go back to our legislature. If we wanted to make a law, and now we want to give someone the penalty for not keeping the law. If that's the case, what do we have to do? We have to make the penalty something that it's not worth it for a person to break the law. Because if he gets caught, then it's, 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 uh, the, the punishment is worse than what he would have gained by doing it. So, for example, if you're going to say to somebody, listen, we don't want you to, to steal, and if we catch you stealing, we're going to charge you half of what you stole. So what's going to happen? So why shouldn't I steal? It's a win-win situation. 
If I don't get caught, I have 100%. And if I get caught, I'll give back 50. So I still keep 50. So it's worth it for me. The only way you're going to make the punishment a deterrent is if you're going to say, don't steal, because if you steal, you're going to charge you double. So now it's not worth it for me, because if, I might get the 100 if I'm successful, but if I'm not, I'm down 200. This is what the Torah did when it was Mechayev Kefim. Goyesho hasn't thought of that yet. That even they're going to be you to give back what you got, so okay, it's still worth it to try because the, you have the possibility they won't catch you. But if you're going to be high, you double, so now it's not worth it. Uh, it's a 50% chance I'm going to lose. All right. So, therefore, uh, for punishment to be a successful deterrent, it has to be don't do this because if you do do it, you're going to get punished more. So, it's not Kadai to do. That's a basic uh, principle I think we can all work with. But now look, everybody, see how far Mr. Olson takes this rule. That's the case. That's the case. Let's look what the Torah says you can't do and understand that the Torah is coming with a threat. Don't do this because if you do it, you're going to get punished. And the punishment will be worse because there's no deterrent. Okay. So the Torah says that it's also to speak Lashon Hara. It's also to speak Lashon Hara. If a person says, look, I, don't, I would never willingly go and slander somebody, but I'm going to lose my job. So what, what, am I, what, what does the Torah want? I'm afraid to give up my job and have no income to, to prevent me from speaking Lashon Hara? Well, no. In such a circumstance with a significant loss, I'm going to lose my whole, my whole salary, then the Torah says, what's the halacha? The halacha is that when it comes to the I say, I feel a common minor. Even, even the boss says, you don't tell me what happened, I'm going to fire you, and you have to be fired. Oh, I'm going to lose my income? You'll lose your income. Now, that's the Torah says. Which means, what's the deterrent? And if you don't listen to the Torah and I speak to the Shonhara and keep my job, it means that therefore the punishment I'm going to get has to be worse. Otherwise, you've got no deterrent. So if that's the case, the Torah is telling you, yes, we're telling you to, the Torah wants you to give, you give, up, give up all your money, lose your job, don't speak Lashadara. Because no, if you're going to speak Lashadara, you're going to get punished more. Okay? Let's go up a level. Let's talk about Chilo Shabbos. Now, what's Allah in Chilo Shabbos? Allah is, you can't do a Malach of even if it's to save a limb in your body. Sakana's so Ava, we're going to learn. You can, you can do a Malach of or maybe use a guy. But you can't do a Malach of to save a limb. So, let's make it practical. Loyalainu. A person got an injury in their eyes on Shabbos. And if they would do whatever medical intervention now, they might save their vision. If they're going to wait till Master Shabbos, they won't be able to, they'll be blind for the rest of their life. And they come in Master Shailah. Is it mutter to do malachah deraisa to save my sight? Now, I'm not saying this is exact because there are other factors which couldn't go involved, also which make it, it could be making it. It's the first question, but if it's not, it's just a question of a person's vision. Is it either malachah deraisa and Shabbos to save his vision? The answer is no. Sakonis ev is not malachah deraisa. Okay, so it's a significant, uh, a significant uh, sign for a person. But remember, it's a light asset. But that's a malachah. So now the Torah is telling you, we're telling you don't, don't, yes, you'll, you'll have to live the rest of your life being blind, but you should know, if you're not going to listen and you're going to Mechal Shabbos to save your vision, the punishment is going to be worse. Otherwise it's not deterrent. The punishment is going to be worse. If not, it's not, not, not up at that stage. That's the upper stage. Let's talk about the Israel of desire. The person's told, given the option, either worship of a desire or you're going to get killed. The halacha is, he's afraid to give up his life. So the three various persons are afraid to give up his life for. So no, it's a Now when he says, it's too hard for me, I'd rather live. What's the Torah going to come back and tell you? This is a lay tassel. 
You should know. The deterrent. If you that as bad as bad as you think the option is that you have to get up your life, if you don't, it's gonna be worse. The deterrent not to do that very it has to be worse. And if that's the case, the level of Yerusha Oynesh, this is what it's wrong, is however much we can see what the Torah is behind me to do, no, the Oynesh has to be worse, or else it's not deterrent. And this is part of the decision of, even on the first level here, before we get to the high levels of here, on the simplest level of Yerusha Oynesh, what does Oynesh mean? Oynesh means however strong the circumstances would be, or however much there would be a reason why I would want to do an Averi, because however much I'm going to lose by not doing it, you're going to lose more by doing it. And therefore, we have to, he said, you want to understand what it means, Oynish of uh, Shemaim. You have to see what's the maximum Oynish that a person could, the maximum suffering a person could get to keep the halacha. And whatever that's going to be, know that not keeping the halacha is worse. We've lost the deterrent. And therefore, if a person wants to this idea of the Haim and Yerasa, the Haim and Yerasa, we saw there's in three levels. Number one, the simple shot, the Ramam says. And that is when we don't see a direct Oynish for each thing that happens. The first thing is, it doesn't mean we don't know that we know that we don't think there's no English. We know there's no English. Like the Shari Trevor starts, yes, English we're not going to be of them. We might not see it right away, but that's okay. There's a famous story of the of the Chafetz Chaim. A certain person who got struck with a very bad disease and died in tremendous history. The person lives in Radin. And they told the Chafetz Chaim about this person in the town who died with this like, in really terrible pain. The Chafetz Chaim says, I would wait 40 years to see how you would die. He said, this man used to have, a, was a landlord of a, of a house, and he had a tenant who was an almana. And she couldn't afford the rent. So one day in the middle of the winter, he came and said, I'm making an ultimatum. You pay me all the rent you owe me in, in, in within a week, or I'm going to take your bags and throw them into the street. And he started crying, I don't have money, what do you want me to do? As long as I'm going to be able to pay. A week later, he came, in the middle of the Russian winter, he took the things out of the house, he threw them into the street, and he said, the terrorist is called Almana Vagir Loitana. And this person, in the cruelty, uh, just to make more money from a different tenant, he was man in Almana. He says, I was waiting to see Hashem would punish him. We then, just we then, it's not, it's not a good thing. Let's say she would be a regular person. You it's also not a good thing. It's even worse. It's a lab. It's an extra lab. So, yes, there is Oynish. It's just not immediate. It's just not immediate. So the person that goes, how many years say, is a Kodesh Baruch who pays back. He gives people time, but he pays back. Uh, that's the first point. The second point, the Hamin Yerasa, is it applies to everything. Because if the Torah wrote it, it means it makes a difference to Hashem. And if that's the case, he's going to enforce it. So it's not like the Sama Veris, Hashem cares about that. Small things, small pratami doesn't. The Hamin the idea of Imunah, of Shemaim is whatever the Torah told us to do is because it's important. If it wasn't important, Hashem wouldn't have told us to do it. So Hashem doesn't tell you what you have to eat tonight for supper. He doesn't, make it, doesn't, he doesn't care, so he's not going to tell you. Which means if this, I mean, he does care about it, then it's important to him. And then the third point is if you're going to make something a of, you have to make the deterrent worse. And therefore, whatever extreme circumstances the person can find himself in. And in this case, the Torah is telling you, this is what I want you to do. No. It comes with the, with the, with the second part of the of, and that is, and if you don't, it's going to be worse. The deterrent has to be worse than the crime. And therefore, the, the, the concept of Yerusha Oynish as being the starting point, is the high point of Yerusha Oynish, next question, but the starting point of Yerusha Oynish is built on these three factors. Things don't get forgotten. Even the punishment is not immediate, it's still going to happen. Number one. Number two, there's nothing Hashem doesn't care about. There's a famous story of the Vilnagon. He was once in his, one of his travels, he was in a certain inn. And somebody came in, and Jewish came in and started eating without, uh, without Mithil Sidaim, without saying a bracha. So go on to wine to wash your hands. 
So he says, Me, he says, I don't even keep Shabbos anymore. So the guy says, You think when you come to Shemayim, you're going to get one onish for dropping your dishkite? It's not the way it works. You were meant to, right now you went to wash your hands, you're going to get punished for not washing your hands. You didn't bench, you're going to punish for not benching. You didn't have a mincha, you're going to punish for that too. It's not like one, one the wholesale thing you gave up Yiddish You're going to get punished for every single mercy. The story goes that there was enough of a person got enough of a pachet from that to, to the children. But the, 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 whether or not that's, that's just a sequel, the principle is true. Hashem doesn't forget about practice. If Hashem stands in the Torah, it means he's going, to, he's going to enforce it. And number, two, and number three, that however much we can see that there's a nistoya not to do or to go against the Torah because of the circumstances we're in, that's why the deterrent has to be, if I want you to do it, be careful, because if you don't, it's going to be worse. So we understand not just the is oinish, but the oinish has to be something which is a reason why we wouldn't want to do the crime. Okay, that's the first level. That's the next level. We're going to higher levels of year as well. Now, is there a is there a factor that you won't punish him for some other reason? That could be that's the second point. 